All right, golf addicts, this one gets a little off the rails for the Houston Open 2020 podcast. Listen, uh, I got to be honest, the wildly vodka gets to me a little bit in this. We have a great time. Lots of laughs. We give you your DFS picks, your DFS fades, your betting picks for the Houston Open. Okay, um, Houston Open played at a brand new golf course this year at the Memorial Park Golf Course. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk to you about Brian Gay's mom and her lingerie shop. That's a real thing. I'm not kidding. Okay. We're going to talk to you about a lot of stuff, and it's going to get a little weird, but you're going to enjoy it. Okay. And afterwards, you're going to give us a five-star review on iTunes because you like us, and you appreciate us, and you want to do something for us, but you don't know what to do. You're sitting there thinking, what do I do for these guys? They bust their balls every single week to give me some content that I enjoy taking in. What can I do for them? I don't want to spend any money in their shop because they their their stuff is stupid. I don't want to be a nut hut member because I'm dumb. So if you want to know what to do, you just go to iTunes. I guess it's called Apple Podcast now because iTunes is very old. And you're gonna give us a five star review and say how awesome we are. Thank you. We appreciate it and enjoy the podcast for the Vivint Houston Open. 2020. What's going on, Golf Addicts? It's the Tour Junkies podcast for the Vivint Houston Open. I'm David Barnett, your host. My lovely co-host is Pat H. Perry. He's got his hair slicked back tonight. He's looking, he's looking dapper. He's got a collared shirt on. He's looking yeah, took fine, a, like wine. Took, took a little shower before the show. I like to take a shower before the show. Helps me kind of just... You know, get refreshed. I'm wearing a dog shirt this week. Big Georgia-Florida game this weekend. And I have zero confidence that Georgia can win. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. We're here to, you know, give the people a reprieve from politics, mainly. Yes. Thank God that hopefully will be over very soon. Um, and we can all just get back to just not being offended by everything and just living our lives you know what I mean pretty pumped about that but we're here to talk some golf we're here to talk the Houston Open um we got we got the Masters coming it the Houston poor Houston Open every year it's just yeah. you know it's just always the one right before Masters that everybody's trying to get through however an interesting field this week for sure we'll get into that in just a minute but obviously you know I said it last week on the podcast that long shot season would get back on the track for last week's Bermuda Championship after Patrick Cantlay won the Zozo at a short number. I was like, you know, I feel like I feel like it's coming. Long shot season is coming. Little did we know it would come from like 500 to 1 PGA Tour journeyman, 48-year-old Brian Gay. One, beat Wyndham Clark in a playoff. He'd missed, I think, his previous like 13 of 14 cuts. Uh, he looks like, a you know, Brian Gay is an interesting cat. I, you know, I am about to be 37 here in December, and some would say I dress kind of young, maybe too young for my age at times. Um, Brian Gay really takes the cake in that department. You know, he, he, he really takes the cake. 
uh, and he's also a tiny little man, which I think for whatever reason in my mind makes it worse when you do that. If you're really you think tiny, he does that to like make up for shortcomings. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what it is. Um, he's just, he's an interesting cat. His wife is interesting, you know, famously went off on a bunch of people on Twitter a couple years ago and, and, and threatened to uh, get her attorney involved for like slandering Brian Gay. Really fun fact I discovered today, actually, um, that Brian Gay's mother, not mother-in-law, mother, uh, Margaret Gay, owns a, um, a lingerie shop in Augusta, literally a, a, a nine iron from the Augusta National called Mimi's something in boutique or something like that. It's, it's like a lingerie and bra shop for, 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 how, for women. How did you even find that out? Like, well, I work with a girl who who uh, worked at the Augusta National for many, many years. And I she knows a little bit about golf. And I told her Brian Gay once. She said, oh, Brian Gay used to rent my best friend's house uh, whenever he would make it to the Masters. And did you know his mom lives here and owns Mimi's whatever? And I'm like, what, what is that? She's like, it's like a, a lingerie shop right by the National. And I was like, I did not know that. So then I, I gave it a little Google. And boy, Mimi's a, a bad businesswoman. She's the Google reviews on, on Mimi's uh, bra and lingerie shop or whatever in Augusta are not good. She's pissed I, off a lot of ladies. Yeah, I looked at it too. I was, I was uh, taken aback, you might say, by the negative comments on the business. Yeah. So. I also learned how to pronounce bustier today because I was, I was reading my friend at work, one of the reviews, and the, the girl – Mate said bustier and I said bustier because she was talking about her, her boobs. I'm thinking bust. So I said something about a bustier and she's like a bustier and I was like, I don't know. Bustier. <laughs> tomato, tomato. What do you want me to do? You were bringing out your inner pat with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, man. Brian Gay. Golly. <sighs> I mean, like he's got full status now. Like he's going to be everywhere. Just missing cuts. And he was but like good for him. Like, it is, huh? He was two hundred and fifty to one. I think he was more than that. I think he was like five hundred to one, four hundred to one. He was long, but good for him for winning on a track that, like, he has to win on. Now I've I read something that he'd kind of bulked up. He'd kind of gone, you know, gone Bryson model and Orgain and all that, you know. So he's been kind of bulking and he hits it a little further now than he ever has, which everybody does, but. Um, but still he's, he's a really short hitter and like good for him for, you know, showing up at a place that he had a chance to win, licking his chops and getting it done. So Brian Gay, man, Brian Gay, another, um, another massive announcement came out today. Bryson DeChambeau officially inks a deal with DraftKings as the first sponsored PGA tour member by a fantasy or betting well, probably I guess fantasy site because there's like Bet MGM, right? Or like Jason Kokrak's MGM. Um, yeah, I mean, well, don't forget our friend Willie Wilcox got a DK deal, but yeah, that was kind he was of, kind of partial deal. status. It was mm -hmm. kind of a deal. I don't think he had any any deal to wear the logo and stuff, which is what you're going to see from Bryson apparently next week at the Masters. Rocking the DraftKings logo on the grounds of Augusta National pretty insane to think about how far we have come i feel like we've grown up with DraftKings, you know and uh yeah. as we've grown the golf 
offering at DraftKings is growing. We started at the same time. And now look at them, you know, and I would like to take some credit. I mean, I feel like the tour junkie should take some credit for this move. Mm-hmm. It, and in some ways it, it pisses me off that our greatness has elevated DraftKings to the point that they can pay enough to get Bryson to sign this deal. It almost makes me, it almost irritates me a little bit. Like I would have loved for him to sign with FanDuel or something else, but you know, it's the cross we bear and you know, good for us. I mean, I say good for us. And honestly, I think Bryson owes, owes us a little. He, he owes us a beverage yeah. or something one of these days. Um, yeah, man, it's going to be weird to see him. Of course, he also released, after our, after we recorded last week, he released his screaming, two away, two away <laughs> video, where he screamed like, uh, God, just like a primal weird. scream Freaking. because before he, he just launched the ball. And then he, he also uh, – warned he, he told the camera guy get out the way mm. because i could i don't want to hurt you yeah. i think he said i don't want to kill you but it may, it may have been hurt i don't know but he said hurt but either way it's uh bryson continues to give you some good good stuff good content for you um yeah yeah but any other whatever. hot takes by you pat right now i mean i feel like you're kind of coming out of the gate stalling a little bit like you're distracted or something are you distracted <laughs> Are you looking at something? No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. You know, this is kind of like I am the week before the Masters, though. It's like I I'm I, I I'm not quite. I'm I'm looking forward to the next week. Um. All right. Well, podcast but juice tonight a- for me is obviously wild leap. Got me some. Got me some good wild leap going. Yeah. There we go. Uh, you might need to have a take a take a swig out of that bad boy. Yeah, something. I need to get. Let's let's. Uh, mm. Mm. Well, the, the, let's the take two swings. Okay, hold on. Mm. <clears throat> Much better. Also, speaking of masters, got my patrons online shop access today, man. Been going bananas. Get ready, people. Like we're probably gonna buy a few things in the shop to get to give away to some folks. So pay attention on the masters episodes. We'll have ways that you can win some 2020 master swag straight out of the patron shop. Uh, pretty pumped about that. I've, I've been shopping on it literally all day long. I've built up a massive cart. Massive for me. It, you know, I'm not, 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 uh, we're not, you know, I'm not being, I'm not being racist here. I'm just saying like, I'm not an Asian at the masters because Asians at the masters spend a butt ton of money, a lot of money. Godspeed to them. Good for them. I, I usually see them and I'm like, man, I'm jealous of whatever credit limit that person may or may not have, or it may just be cash. They may just have straight up cash. But every time I, they are embarrassing me in terms of the items they purchase. And um, it's not to that level, but it's up there. It's up there. There's some 2020 stuff um, that I think is just interesting because of the year. It's just a weird year. And then there's some seasonal stuff. You know, you want your good, want your good, uh, masters really winter coat you can get that masters with uh like a santa gnome on it yeah that. i think that's interesting all that stuff they always have like a christmas ornament or something don't they yeah they, yeah, they have they have a couple christmas ornaments too. i never really look at that stuff i don't either this year uh-huh. i'll probably like if i go on there i would look at it in more detail because you don't have all these people around you just yes. you know going crazy like you're yes. like you have time to like actually like sift through it all you know i'm sure yeah. there's less than they normally have i don't, I don't know i haven't 
haven't looked. No, th- there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there. It's, it's everything. But honestly, you know, there's a lot of repeat stuff. You know, there's a lot of repeat stuff, but there is some really nice 2020 stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, speaking of masters, let's talk masters content for the tour junkies. We're going to have a huge week. Can't wait for it. You know, it sucks that the patrons can't be there. It sucks that it's in our backyard and we can't be there and we can't be together doing the crazy stuff we do every single masters week. Hopefully that comes back around in April, but nonetheless, I actually think you'll get more content out of us (laughs) because we can't be here partying it up with all the locals. Um, we're going to have two different podcasts. We're going to have a betting podcast where we're going to go over all the, all the books that we're looking at, all the odds, all the matchups, the outrights, that kind of stuff. We're going to have, obviously, the DFS podcast and fantasy podcast. Um, we will have all the written content, 10 Facts, Chalk Bomb, Fantasy Golf Smallier, Betting Card, uh, Pivot Points is coming back. All that good stuff is coming. And then I'm pretty sure, obviously, we'll have our Wednesday night Nut Hut, which will be popping. That'll yeah, be so it'll be so fun. Um, the Nut Hut has been amazing lately. There, you are getting so much value out of the Nut Hut right now. Um, but we're going to have that. I'm pretty sure we're, we're even going to do some more stuff on Wednesday, maybe video, live video stuff, live chat kind of stuff, possibly – a, a cut sweat show on Friday, potentially. Don't know. Don't know. Some of that stuff's up in the air, but it's going to be a great week. Hoping to have a special guest on one of the podcasts, if not both, maybe for the Masters. And those podcasts should hit earlier. Um, hope to have them out Sunday uh, or, mon- or Monday morning when you wake up at the latest. But hope to have them Sunday. So cue that up and get ready because I'm pumped for it. Um, yeah, okay. I am. I totally agree. And all the, the stuff you mentioned, I think will be fun. Uh, I like the cut sweat show idea. I hadn't really thought of that. Could be, could be fun. So, by the way, did I, I get never, darker? Because my wife, my wife came and just shut the bonus, the, the room light off. And I'm still waiting on her to come back and turn it on. I don't know why she just didn't realize I was up here like I am every single Monday night. So all <laughs> okay. I have is the ring light. Well, the ring light, I think you're okay. I think you're okay right now. You look, you look fine. Um, Pat, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Masters stuff? Definitely going to have a, a good contest. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just disappointed that it's not going to be like normal, but you know, we're going to make the best of it. And yeah, I think we're going to have some good content. So I'm excited about it. And um, hopefully Bryson doesn't win. So there you go. Those are my thoughts. Oh, if you're watching live, um, go ahead and click the thumbs up button on YouTube if you don't mind. Subscribe to the channel as well if you haven't done that already. And I did forget to mention this. We still are looking for some voicemails. We've got some voicemails. We've got some voicemails, but they're not – you guys are – some of you guys are kind of weird. So they're not all amazing. But uh, So I'd love to have more to choose from. So call the hotline. Let me see here. It is, uh, oh, let's see, what's the number? 7066-ADDICT is the number. 7066-ADDICT. Somebody give me that number real quick. Wait a minute. I got it. It's 706-623-3428. 706-623-3428 is the number. That's the TJ hotline. Leave us a voicemail, and uh, well, hopefully, if it's good enough, we'll get you on the show. And the voicemail Anything about the Masters. You can ask us a question about 
betting on the Masters, DFS, anything related to next week in the, in the Masters, uh, going to the Masters, working at the Masters, caddying at the Masters, growing up at the Ma- whatever, favorite Masters moment, anything you want to ask, throw it out there as long as it's relevant to the Masters show um, uh, next week. So 706-623-3428. Actually, you need to get it in by this week. Like Get it in by like Saturday. Get it to us by Saturday. We'd love to have some good listener voicemails on the show for the Masters. Be, be good stuff. If you do that, if you, if you get a good one and it's like on the show and it's like actually decent, maybe we'll send you something. I don't know. I'm not making any promises though. Pat, let's get into this. Uh, we're going to have a good show. We're going to talk through the golf course. It's a brand new golf course. And we're going to talk through our thoughts. And then we're going to give some DFS thoughts. And then we're going to give some betting thoughts. And that's it for the night. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up there. Save some strength. Save some energy. No, uh, no DB Bryson rant at the end. I will, I will spare everyone from that. I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. So I'll, I'll, I'll kindly bow out there. Definitely want to thank fantasynational.com for the stats, the information, the optimizers, the models, the, all the good stuff for golf. If you need a one-stop shop for golf stats, optimizers, all that stuff that I just talked about, ownership projections, build your models, all that kind of stuff, Fantasy National gets all the information straight from the PGA Tour. It's tip-top stuff. Really good. If you go to fantasynational.com TJ, you can save 20% off any membership level that you, that you select weekly, monthly, or annually. You can try it for a week. If you go, man, I love this, you can change it to a year, and you still get the 20% off the annual membership as well. Super easy to use. We've been using it for like three or four years now. It's awesome. It's a one, truly a one-stop shop for any golf betting, fantasy golf, whatever you do, you can get it all at fantasynational.com slash TJ. Um, or you can, you can put in promo code tour junkies and they ask you where you heard about it, but make sure you get that 20% off when you do it. All the stats, all the details there, uh, coming straight from fantasy national. All right, Pat Memorial park golf course. What in the, yes. what in, what in tarnation is this golf course about? Hey, look, you know, the Vivint Houston open is bringing the heat this week. I think with the golf course, I think Memorial park is a great place to have it. It is a municipal course, which I love when we get on muni courses, it's playing as a par 72, just over 7,400 yards. We've got another full field event this week. You got Bermuda grass, tee to green. Uh, and this is uh, you know, it's a pretty flat kind of parkland property, the course was actually opened in 1912, so we've got a lot of history here. But Tom Doak redesigned this course with some help from a player in the field. Mm. Would you would you guess who that player is? Uh, is his uh, is his name uh, Rooks Bepka? It rhymes with that. Yes. Uh huh. Brooks yes. Kepka. Yes. Helped That's with him. the redesign, which I thought was. Pretty incredible. I didn't really know that he dabbled in that at all um, or why he would have been asked. But anyway, um, you got a lot of slopes on this course as far as the greens are consorned. 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 Uh, I meant to say uh, contours around these greens. They're going to be playing pretty quick. I do think scrambling is going to be key this week if you do miss the greens. I'm hearing the rough is pretty thick, but the fairways are not, you know, that narrow. So I think the rough can be penal, but you also are probably going to have a a better chance of hitting these fairways with them being as wide as they are. 
I've heard as well, this tends to, to favor a uh, kind of a right to left ball flight out here on this course with a lot of the holes they have here. They've got a lot of rain lately, so I think it's going to play pretty soft. Um, one of the things I think you got to do this week, we mentioned the nut hut, pay attention in the nut hut or get in the nut hut on Wednesday because, or not, it doesn't have to be Wednesday because we'll put up caddy info whenever we get it. Uh, we're going to, we, we're going to be getting more caddy info from this course uh, during the week. So I think that's going to be important. Um, but as far as stats, I'm looking at definitely looking at form, always looking at strokes, gained approach. I mentioned scrambling, I think is one that you want to look at putting on Bermuda, kind of a long-term form there. And then par five scoring. There are actually five par fives. Again, this week we had that a few weeks ago. Was that Shadow, what, Shadow Creek or was it uh, Sherwood? One of them had five Sherwood. par fives. Those are. Um, so I think par five scoring is something you're, you're going to want to look at as well. The defending champ is Lanto Griffin. Uh, of course, that was on a different course, so it doesn't really matter. But there you go. Those are my quick thoughts on Memorial Park Golf Course. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. Did you say that there's field. only like 20 bunkers? Did you say yeah, that? Yeah, I meant to say that. 19 bunkers on this course, actually. They're, they're like, you just don't see them anywhere. And they're mostly around the greens. Brooks Kepka basically said, look, bunkers don't really come into play for tour players off the tee. So it's like, we're not even going to worry about it. We're just going to put them around the greens. Leave it to Brooks to say that. Um, Yeah, we, we've, we've got a little intel from somebody on there that just says, listen, this is a full Bermuda um, course, and the greens are goofy. That's the quote we have so far. So, whatever. <laughs> I think that is, is we'll get more um, referring to the, the slopiness and yeah. contour of these greens. Yeah, and, and we know that they're fast, too. We know they want to we, we get them up to like a 12 or so on the stem meter. Um, so, I, I agree with you, man. I, I think that – scrambling strokes and strokes getting around the green kind of kind of play is something I'm looking at um, with these runoffs with these tiers uh, and, and slopey greens for sure I think that's something to look at you know I'm kind of looking at strokes gained off the tee um, strokes gain approach is obviously number one because if these things are slopey and you got it you got to hit them on the right levels you got to land on the right spots but par five scoring for sure is a big deal there was some some uh, you know, there were some early thoughts on this course that it was going to play to a par 71. That is not true. The tour released the official scorecard today, and it is a par 72. Number one was was thinking to be a that par was the four, one but that, they made it a par five. Yeah, um, a lot of people assumed it was going to be the par four, but it's not. So that's why you have five this week. And that looks yeah. like number one out of the gates is a birdie hole for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be uh, – the weather, I think, too, looks pretty good right now. I mean, the only, de you know, defense for a course like this is going to be if the wind picks up in Texas. Um, there's, it's kind of, you know, I think overall it's kind of flat. The greens aren't, but I think overall it's kind of flat. There's a little bit of water on the course. Um, but, I mean, this is going to be a birdie fest for sure with five par fives. So, you need guys that can score. You need guys that can take advantage of those par fives. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, new course since 1963, new course. But, mm -hmm. you know, the storyline, too, is you got guys uh, – you, you have 132 players, a, a few less players. That's something we should mention. So, still T65 and ties, but um, only 132 players, not 144 or whatever like we normally see. And 36 of these 132 players are playing Augusta next week. Now, you also have guys – 
like Dustin Johnson coming off of the COVID rest. He's obviously your favorite to win. He's at the top of the betting board. He's at the top of DraftKings at $11,500. Um, we haven't seen him since the U.S. Open because of COVID. He was supposed to play, um, I believe, I think he was supposed to play CJ Cup. CJ Cup. And ended up having to sit out CJ Cup and Zozo. So, um, what are your thoughts on, because I think this is, I think this is an interesting year. Nor, well, obviously, it's an inter- that's like the understatement of the decade. Um, because there's been these like, some of these tournaments, these, these uh, like short field events like CJ Cup and Zozo and then Bermuda, which is a, normally an off opposite field event and it's all the way in Bermuda. Like I think guys that didn't play or qualify for CJ Cup and Zozo and didn't want to go play Bermuda that typically wouldn't play the week before Augusta are playing here. And then you got guys like DJ. I think I just think there's a lot of guys in here that are trying to, I would anticipate, especially some of the big names, are trying to find a little form, shake a little rust off. But truthfully, you know, that somewhere in the back of their mind, they're, they're going to be thinking of Augusta. Um, whereas typically in a normal year, you know, they don't have to play this event to do that. They've already had ample opportunity in full field events prior to Houston to be able to do that. And then they can kind of take that week off and rest, but there's, you know, um, there's a lot, there's been a lot less opportunity to do that. So they're not going to say that in a press conference, somebody's going to ask them, you know, are you thinking ahead to next year or or to next week at at Augusta? And they're going to go, no, I mean, I'm here at the Houston open. I'm, you know, if I tee it up, I'm here to win the golf tournament. I'm thinking about just the next shot, but, Give me a break. Like you're, you're not. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to find a little something. I think there's some guys that are trying to do that, and they, they may find it quickly, or they may not. Or that, you know, we, we hear great players talk about trying to peak for majors, which I've never understood what in God's name that means. Like, I don't know what that means, but like maybe they're, they're here, and it's just they're not all here. Do you, do you? Did you think through that when you were kind of making selections? Because I did. I have a couple of names that I kind of go, eh, I think I'll stay away. See, I, I have some names that I think you're probably – you were thinking of staying away from that, uh, that I will actually play. Um, you know, we see, tip, we, we see guys like DJ and Brooks, like, they like to play the week before the mass, or not before, before majors in general. Um, and so I think you, you are seeing them want to find some form. I definitely think they want to win. I don't think they want to, you know, just bail out on Friday and miss the cut and get to Augusta. I really, I really don't believe that. Um, so, you know, in, in, in finding form, that means getting in contention. I think if you're trying to get your, if you're trying to find form, you're not just like trying to, you know, hang out and make the cut or whatever you're actually trying to get into contention and feel that pressure so i think that's that's important for some of these guys and why they like to play the week before a major and otherwise they wouldn't be playing uh, i do agree i think your your assessment is kind of right i do think some of them you know do say the right things like oh yeah i'm teeing it up and trying to win but look these guys are competitive by nature anyway they're playing in an individual sport where the key, the, the the only thing you want to do is win and so I think that's that's something you can look at, but it's not. It wasn't a major decisioning factor for me when I was looking at guys this week to play. And there's only DJ, a few of them in the field that I think that I think you could even make that assessment on. To be honest, I mean, other than 
in, in, nobody below nine k, you could even say that that's what they're like. They're they're just trying to find form or whatever. Even Phil Mickelson. I mean, no, everybody knows he just sucks right now anyway. Okay. So two out of the last three Masters, DJ has not played the week before. Uh, he did play the week before in 2016 at the Shell Houston Open. He finished, he finished third and then finished fourth in the Masters the very next week. Brooks does typically, I, I think, like to play the week before the Majors for sure. Um, so let's talk about I the top. I think DJ, of the- I said Majors. I didn't just say Masters. I think I know, DJ. I, I know. And, I just looked at the Masters. But even some of the Majors, he hasn't done it either. He's kind of been like 50 50. So he doesn't do it every time. I thought he time. always liked to play like the week, like FedEx St. Jude, like the week before the U.S. Open. I thought yeah, that was he, something DJ. I could be yeah, like, anyway. Like I said, it's like 50-50. He 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 does play like this the um St. Jude because I think he uh is he sponsored? No, anyway. Uh it's like 50-50 when you kind of look at some of these some of these previous majors over the last few years. It's kind of hit or miss. Uh, I do I do know. My, my answer is kind of a non-answer. It's like it's like the political season here. Like like I'm gonna answer it in a way of, yeah, I think you have a point, but no, it didn't necessarily like come into play on my decision making as far as guys that I like this week. It's just I'm I'm going with sort of okay. some of the same factors I look at. Well for me, like when I look at the top of this board, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not interested and this is not my official fade. I'll give you another fade, but I'm not interested in paying eleven five for post COVID DJ. Um me either. He checks all the boxes for sure, and he is, you know, he, he's, he's obviously a stud, and he's, his form is incredible. But we last saw him like six, seven weeks ago at the U.S. Open, and he's coming off of old Corvid. So I think that's a pretty simple fade. Brooks is interesting because he, you know, sp- spoke into the redesign of this golf course, which is definitely going to be a narrative. And then, you know, we hadn't had a chance to talk about this, but his amazing, you know, Q&A session with Jenna, his, his girlfriend, uh, on Instagram last week made a lot of waves on, on the social media streets. Yeah, started on the golf course that he was playing golf. She was in the golf cart, and they did this super long Q&A. It was like 40 questions on Insta stories. It started it on the golf literally course, wasted ended in the bedroom. It wasted – I watched the whole damn thing, and it wasted so much time of my life. Well, I'm, that's a the that was the downside of the nut hut. Somebody brought it up in the nut hut, so I went and freaking watched it, and it took it just like, I don't know, it, it well, took. Well, people are going to, people are going to uh, talk about how well he was playing that 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 evening by himself. I've already heard a little bit of chatter. Um, <laughs> he, he was like he was like five under through seven or something like that. I don't know. He he was hitting it great. And, and just to see Brooks playing golf by himself when he didn't have to seems very off-brand for him. Like, typically, he always talks about when he's not playing in a tournament, he's not playing – he doesn't like touching clubs. He, he practices, and he has, like, a minimum that he has to, and that's it. Like, he, he always acts like he doesn't really enjoy playing golf outside of tournament golf. And then to see him like out there playing and having a good time playing well, you got people talking about it. Plus, you got the narrative of, uh, you know, of being a, a designer here. I think Brooks is for sure coming here. Yes, does he typically do this the week from the major? Yes, but I think his goal here is let me figure out what I got to tighten up before Thursday of next week. I, I think that's the plan. So for me, 
it's it, I'm going to stay away from basically the top of that, the top of this board. Um, so I'll start it off with three tournament plays. I'll give you a cash play that I like if you're playing uh, double ups or 50-50s in DFS. And then I'll give you a – I'll give you another fade. I'm going to give you a bunch of bonus fades tonight. Um, yeah, you're like fading left and right. I love so, – so let me tell you this too. Because this year is so weird, I, I kind of like guys that aren't playing next week because I feel like – I feel like they come here and the, the, the sole focus is this week, is the, is the Houston Open. And, you know, the FedEx Cup points that you need in the fall so that you, you don't start January too far behind. And you got a good opportunity, uh, you know, on a new course that were, where, you know, people who've been playing here forever don't have an edge on. Like, I want – I kind of like guys that aren't playing next week. And Victor Hovland at 9,800, I think he may be popular, but he, he will actually be chalk. I'm willing to eat here. Love the ball striking ability, the, the strokes and approach numbers on Hovland. He's ninth in this field in par five scoring over the last 24 rounds. Um, the, the scrambling worries me a little bit. I mean, it's, it's improved, but it's not great. That worries me a little bit. But, but the plan is he's so good off the tee as well. I see him in a lot of fairways and I don't see him missing a lot of greens. These are, these greens are kind of big. We didn't really talk about it. They're big. So I don't know. I feel like Hovland's iron game is so good. And I love the price at 9,800. He's chalk out eat. And I think he will be, I think he will be chalky. Um, then I'm going to skip to a couple guys that are playing next week. Uh, Sung JM and Sergio Garcia in the lower nines. Like both Whoa. of these guys. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Sung Jay, love the the form, love his performance on Bermuda. Um, and I, I think Sung Jay's one of those that's just going to grind. I mean, his first Masters is next week. You know, he's – I think he's going to – it's kind of the opposite narrative of what I just said, but I just feel good about Sung Jay. At 9,300, he's third in this field in strokes gain approach, fourth in strokes gain off the tee over the last 24 rounds. Uh, like Hovland, the weakest part of the game would definitely be, you know, kind of around the greens if that, if that happens. But when you look at uh, Bermuda specifically, strokes gained around the green, he's actually pretty, he's actually pretty good. Um, he's one of the, he's in the top third, top 25% of his field in strokes gained around the green on Bermuda. So he tends to, he just, Sungjae just love, Sungjae love Bermuda. You know, he loved Bermuda a long time. He really does. So you mentioned also he puts well in Bermuda. Also, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, now Sergio, I can't imagine Sergio being too chalky. I could be wrong, but I feel like he's not. Ninety-one hundred. If the wind picks up here in Houston, I could see him. You know, he's a good wind player, good ball striker. We saw him win the Sanderson Farms just a couple of weeks ago. His best putting surface is Bermuda. Um, and he checks all the boxes over the last 24 rounds. I mean, he, he, even with a couple of missed cuts in there, the U.S. Open, the Safeway, I think Sergio is an interesting tournament play. I don't, I don't love it in cash. I wouldn't play him in cash, but I do, I do think he's an interesting tournament play if he does, in fact, end up being a little lower owned. Um, now, my cash play is pretty simple, and it is another player who is not playing at Augusta National next week, and that's Russell Henley. You know, not many guys on the PJ Tour are striking their their golf ball better than Russell Henley, uh, really since the restart. I mean, the form is impeccable. A fourth at the Zozo, a third at the CJ Cup. 
And despite some of the putting woes that have really just kept him from winning, uh, his best surface is Bermuda. And um, I just, I mean, the price is so good. It's so juicy. I think Hovland and Henley will eat up some ownership. And I just, I just don't know that I care. I think I will play it regardless. And um, yeah, I love both of those guys. Now, officially, if I'm going to make a, you know, another, why would I do this? No, no, I'm not going to give you another fade. I'm, I'm gonna. Have, you're gonna have to wait. You have to get the nut hut for that. My fades are Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. Those are my two. Well, you've fades. already. I should have only given you one, but I gave you two. Um, I really, I can't even believe some of this. This the, the fact that you've got three of my five plays here. Didn't think you'd go Sergio, which is one of my GPP plays. Um, mm. I love him for all the reasons that you said you liked him as well, and he has some Texas roots. Now, obviously, we know he's he's from Spain, but. His wife is a, is a Texas girl. I, I believe he lives in Texas now. I could be wrong. Um, so who knows? Maybe he's had some experience on this course. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think it's kind of a natural place for him to be. He may even live outside of Houston. I, I could be. I don't know. Who are you talking he's, about? Sergio? Sergio. I do think he's in Texas. I can't remember. Or, man, no, he's in Florida. I don't know. His his wife is a, is a Texas girl, but anyway, so I do like some Sergio at ninety one hundred. I was with, I'm with you on Sung J M. He was another one uh, at ninety three hundred. My cash play was Russell Henley, so obviously we're on the same page with two wow. of the three GPP plays and the cash play. But I actually like playing Brooks Kepka in GPPs this week. I think he makes sense. I think the ownership is going to be low for him. I do not think he's just there to show up to be there. I think he wants to play well this week. You know, you look at the stats for him. He's, you know, top five in the field in approach, ball striking. He putts well. He's one of the better putters on Bermuda in this over 10K range outside of Terrell Hatton. Um, checks the box and opportunities gained. So I like Brooks. And I, I think you'll get lower ownership because people just think he's probably going to check out. And really, and, you know, we, we've seen, you know, not great recent form from him. So I, I will play him at 10-6. I'm fine with that. And my fade is – I agree with DJ on the fade, but I didn't want to put that one out there because I thought it was a little bit too easy. So I'll go with Adam Scott at 9,200. You know, he's another guy that's coming off the COVID. Uh, first event back here after that. Um, but he's not really checking any boxes for me. He's 107th in this field in the Bermuda grasp and, and putting on Bermuda – 67th in opportunities gained, doesn't check the box in par five scoring or approach right now. So I just, I'm going to avoid Adam Scott. And I don't think he's, he would probably be low owned. I don't think a lot of people are going to even play him anyway, but he is a fade for me. And I don't, you know, the form. Well, as you we said, really terrible on Bermuda, and he's only played four times since the restart. He, yeah. he is one of those that has not, we've not seen a lot of since, I mean, we've probably seen less of him than anyone else in this field. Yeah, so we were going to see him more, obviously, until he had the positive yeah. test. But yeah, um, so there you go. So a lot of agreement here, but then a lot of disagreement. <laughs> okay. The By the way, while we're up here, I, th we're going to have to take a, a quick detour here because um, there's a couple names up here that I found some props that I want to throw out there for free. And these are props that anyone actually listening to this could get in, could get action on, not just people who live in states where it's legal to bet on sports books. Because um, Thrive Fantasy is something that 
has been brought to our attention. The Thrive Fantasy app. You can go to thrivefantasy.com. You can come prop up for Thrive Fantasy here for the Houston Open. They are a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. It's kind of interesting. So what they do is they, they give you 10, they give you 10 player props, individual players, and they they tell you like, okay, over under on birdies made or pars made or over under he's gonna shoot this or over under on how many eagles, whatever. They give you these props on 10 guys. You pick five props that you like the best. And depending on the over under or the side that you take, you get fantasy points for that side. And then you're playing in a contest against other people. And, you know, the points are what puts you up on the up on the leaderboard there and, and determine your payout. It's kind of an interesting game. It's like a hybrid between props betting on a sports book and like, you know, DraftKings DFS or whatever. Um, but you don't have to, you know, you don't have to get it perfect in a lineup. Um, so they got these new contests and they have contests for each round and they have contests for the tournament. Um, so, and in fact, they've given us our very own contest pack, which is pretty cool. There is a free roll on Thrive Fantasy right now, a free roll. That means you don't have to pay anything to enter it. That when you go to thrivefantasy.com and you look at the golf, uh, the, the golf offering there, there is a, I think it's for round one, uh, round one on Thursday, there's a, a free roll up to, I think it's a thousand dollar prize pool. So free money and you don't, you don't have to pay anything to enter. You just pick it. You know, you just click on it, it says tour junkies free roll. It's going to ask you for a password. The password is tour all uppercase T O U R all uppercase is the password. And you can submit a, you know, an entry there and potentially win, money without having to do anything. And when you sign up, use promo code tour. So when you create your account, use promo code tour and you can get up to a hundred dollar instant deposit match on your first deposit. So you can download Thrive Fantasy on the app store uh, or the, the Google play store or whatever, uh, or go to thrivefantasy.com and sign up today. And there are a couple names we talked about that I like in the, in, in the contest, in the free roll that I, that I like. Um, so Dustin Johnson, round one, over under 69 and a half in terms of his score for round one. Now, I know I just mentioned, you know, post-COVID DJ, but with five par fives, you know, if he shoots three under, I, I hit. Um, the under, you get more points for. You get 110 points for the under. You get 90 for the over. I think I like the under there for DJ to shoot at least three under on Thursday. I mean, yes, I think he's – I don't want to pay up for him in terms of other, you know, betting markets or DFS, but, I mean, 69 out of DJ, I think I like on round one. And then this is kind of a risky – this is a risky biscuit pick here. Our boy Brooks Kepka, round one, over under half an eagle. So is he going to make one eagle on round yeah. one? And the, the, the odds on favorite there, you get less points if you take the under. He's not going to make any eagles. But you get 150 points, which is a lot when you look at the thing. You get 150 points if he makes one eagle. And I think, again, five par fives. You give Brooks a chance to make one eagle. It's, it's a risk. That's not the, the odds-on favorite thing to happen, but I'm going to take it. Um, yeah, so those are a couple, a couple big names that we talked about here that I like. Go to thrivefantasy.com or check out the Thrive Fantasy app. Sign up using promo code TOUR and get in the Tour Junkies free roll. Password is TOUR, all uppercase. There you go.
One thing I'll add that quick I think detour. is really cool about what quick they detour. do. See what I did there? Yep. Is they allow you, so you have the five prop bets that you put down, but then they also mm -hmm. allow you two ice picks. They call them ice picks, which mm -hmm. is in case of emergency. So if you, unlike on DraftKings, if you got, got a guy that just withdraws like pre-tournament or something like that, and you you just lose the points. In this yeah. case, you can pick two other props that will fill in in case something happens. Like for instance, Jason Day has a prop of you know four and a half total eagles and birdies. If you take that as one of your five, and Jason Day withdraws for some reason, then sure. you can you can plug in your ice pick. You're in case of emergency pick. I think that's kind of yeah. cool as well. That is nice. I like that. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling here. Let's look at the 8K range for looking at DraftKings right now. A lot of good names here in the 8K range. Lots of good names. I, I like a handful of names here. Um, obviously, you mentioned we've got defending champ Lonto Griffin, who continues to play very, very well. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way. Lonto is my fade here. I, I don't, I don't want to play $8,900 first-time ever defending champ Lonto. I just think there's a little bit of a narrative there. When you have a young player defending as a, as a champion his very first time, there's a little extra obligation there, a little extra pressure there, even though it's on a different course. Um, I know he's been playing very well at the CJ Cup and at Zozo. I, you know, does have a missed cut there at the Shriners, but it's kind of weird too. Like he doesn't, I don't, he doesn't check a lot of boxes. Like if you look over the last 24 rounds, he doesn't really do a whole lot in terms of um, ball striking. He's a good iron player. He loses strokes off the tee almost every week, and that's been the case since the restart. Since the restart, he's lost more strokes off the tee uh, than he's gained in, in tournaments. And now what he does do well is he hits his irons well. He's, he's very good, a very good iron player, and he makes up for it. But when you look at his really good finishes, he has amazing weeks putting, like the last two weeks, where he gained six and a half strokes on the putting surface at Zozo and 6.7 at Shadow Creek. That's a lot. That's a lot of strokes. His, his, his last 20 rounds, he's averaged less than a stroke gained putting. So, like, those are – that's like six, seven times what he averages over his last 20, 20 rounds with the flat stick he's done in the last two. So you got to figure a little regression there for Lanto, and I don't like the $8,900 price tag. I like Lanto as a player, you know, and, and I mean, I don't know what his odds are. I haven't had him, I don't have him written down, but maybe his odds are a little more attractive in the betting market, but I don't like him at 8,900 on DraftKings. So he is my fade. Um, there's, a, there's a number of names in here I like, and I think it's, you know, for people who listen to the show regularly, you probably know who some of these players are that I do like, but, I'll try to give you the more contrarian plays. God, I can't, I can't stop looking at Cameron Davis's name. I just love him. Um, all right, tournament play. I like James Hunt at $8,000, and I think James is going to be – I think he's going to be owned. I don't think he's going to be super chalk, but I think he's going to be owned. He, uh, he lose, he's, his best putting surface is Bermuda. Over the last, if you look over the last 50 rounds, best putting surface is Bermuda. He's coming off of – Three consecutive top tens. T5 at the Shriners, T6 at Corrales, T9 at Safeway. Checks all the boxes in terms of ball striking. I mean, 8,000, 
James Hahn is an interesting GPP leverage play. Um, not playing Augusta National next week. Oh, man, I can't quit looking at his name. God dang it. Um, all right, and then I'm going to go with little Cockbite, Brian Harmon. Cockbite is his nickname, earned that in college. That's a fact. That is, that is, that is real news, not fake news. Brian Harmon's nickname is Cockbite in college. I'm going to play Brian Harmon at 8,500, great par five score. I talked him up a couple weeks ago. He continues to just do solid golf. He's just a man doing some solid golf. That's what he is. He's a solid golfing man right now at 8,500. Always a great putter, despite being a little bitty cockbite. Always scores on par fives really well. Good scrambler. Um, yeah, I mean, why not play Brian Harmon? Good form. 85 hunch. I'll take him. We all know who my cash play is here. If you've been listening, you know. I, I cannot stop Cameron Davis. The, the sweet-swinging, tall, drank-of-water Australian. You know, Aussies play well in the wind. If it gets windy, I love him. Par five scoring, he is an animal, people, an absolute animal. He's a tyrant on par fives. He will devour these par fives. He will make these par fives his yetch. You know what I mean? Like, he is all over the par fives. I love it. He's a good scrambler. He bombs the piss out of it. He's in good form. The only thing that sucks about Cameron Davis is he doesn't like Bermuda. But, I mean, give me a break. He's, he's – I don't care. He's actually um, – now, that's – yeah, he doesn't like putting on Bermuda. He's actually pretty good chipping out of Bermuda. And normally I don't look at that, but I do think these are going to be interesting greens to get up and down around you know, if you miss them. And chipping on Bermuda, if you've not done it before, is it's not always the easiest. So there you go. I'm going Harmon and Han and tournaments, Davis and Cash, and wherever else you want to play him. And Lanto is the fade. Okay, well – Lots of disagreement here. Well, I wouldn't say disagreement because I don't mind your plays at all. I like the Cam Davis play. I think he's also a good bet this week. I've seen him at, I think, 70 to 1. You may have already mentioned that. And I Lonto it. 70 to 1? Did I just say Lonto or Cam? No, I said Cam Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cam Davis. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, I actually like Lonto, though, in GPPs. So he was mm-hmm. the first player that I wrote down at 8,900. Look, he's in good form. We, we, we know that his approach game is, is good for this course. He puts well in Bermuda, checks the box and opportunities gain. So I, I do like Lonzo this week. And, and I don't know, you know, a lot of people tend to fade the, the previous champ, even though this week's on a different course. Um, I don't think his ownership's going to be that high, but I, but I still like him. I just like the way he's trending. So I will play him. I will go to my cash play, which you might be able to guess is Mr. Zach Johnson, who you bashed me for the last time I took him. But look, I mean, the guy's playing well. I mean, you cannot you can't deny it. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing good. He's playing well despite, despite the price. I mean, he's, if you're playing him in cash, he is the perfect player right there to put you in there and give you a balanced lineup. If you also look at the stats, he's fourth in approach. He's 26 oh, so, in ball striking. So much better have Cam, though. Yeah, I mean, that's your opinion. I don't mind Cam. I think I'd rather play Cam in tournaments. But Oh, no, you got to play Zach in tournaments. He's going to be like nothing owned. I don't care. I, I just want a guy that I know is going to make a cut for sure, 
and it's you know checks the boxes. I mean, you That's want to I'm, play I'm, Zach in cash and in tournament. If you like well, Zach enough to play him in cash, and, well, yeah, I'm going to play him in tournaments play too. Tournament. I'm not making that point. I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying I I like him in cash. I think Cam Davis could miss a cut and just like completely f your cash lineups. Fake I think news. I fake news. I'm not believing that. I will. I will. I will throw a brick through somebody's window if Cam Davis misses the cut. Okay. I, I will. I will that. make a Molotov cocktail. I will make a Molotov cocktail out of this yeah. wild leap bottle if Cam Davis misses the cut, and I will throw it through uh, somebody on Twitter's window. I'll I'll go I'll drive to their house in another state and throw it in their window. Okay. I don't know if you need to be violent like that. Maybe like maybe the state is Kentucky. That's all I'm saying. That's all. I'm not. I'm not going any further than that. I'm not going any okay. further than that. All right. Either way, I like some ZJ this week. I am going to play some Jordan Spieth at 8,400. Oh, I God. know you probably wanted him cheaper. You wanted him cheaper. <sighs> the stats don't really show up for him, but I just I'm feeling a good week out of him. It's kind of like Doug Gim last week. You hated me for taking Doug Gim. You couldn't stand Damn it, but it, he finished. Why, are you, why would you bring up Doug Gim right now? Why, why would you bring him up right now? It's too because late I'm, in the show for you to bring up Doug Gim. If you okay. wanted to bring up Doug Gim, you should have brought him up in the recap when I was talking about Brian I Day's forgot about it. I wasn't paying shot. attention. wasn't paying attention. I just popped in my head. And, look, I'm going to play Jordan Spieth because I want to. I want to play him this Doug week. Doug Gim last week, by the way. Great. Call. Thank you. I missed it. Um, you nailed it. Anyway, I just want to play and, – and Jordan's going to be – look, if you look at the last full field events that he's played in, not the CJ Cup or the Zozo or whatever, he's less than 5% owned. I mean, look, he's an amazing scrambler. We know that. I mean, he still does that well out of anything. So, I think that Jordan Spieth could be a good play, and I, I don't mind 8,400 for him. I'm sure everybody wanted him to be like 7,200 or whatever in this field. That's not going to happen. Um, so I will play him as well, and my fate is going to yeah, be because they know they can they can raise the price on him, and simps like you will play him. Whatever. Anyway, I'm going to fade Stuart Sink, who I've loved. I've loved Stuart Sink, and um, he's been playing pretty well. Um, but I think everybody's going to know that, and they're going to look at that and say eight thousand. Okay, I think you know he's a guy that's. He's, he's making cuts. He's playing well. He just won. I'll, I'll be interested to see where the ownership is. So I'm going to fade some Stewart Sink there at 8,000. So there you go. I think Lonto was the easy fade to call. I think that's like one where you just got lazy a little bit and you said, eh, I don't really want to fade anybody in here. I'm just going to take the highest price guy. So I'm going to fade him. That's what I think. It's a good drink. Okay. Well, you start the 7K. I got to go get more uh, ice. And I think by the end of the sports book picks, I might be in a good spot. Okay. Well, I will definitely start the 7K. And I'm going to start with Denny McCarthy. It's 7,900. Another guy we've seen in good recent form. Um, definitely checks a lot of boxes. You look at strokes gain approach. You look at ball striking. You look at par five scoring, where he is sixth in the field. He is number one in the field and strokes gain putting on Bermuda grass. So I think Denny makes a whole lot of sense this week. And look, we've seen him play obviously extremely well. I had a T4 last week with a great finishing round. 57th in the CJ Cup, not great, but then a T6 at Sanderson Farms. So I like some Denny McCarthy at 7,900. I will play a good amount of him. And then Sam Burns. 
It's 7,500. I like him as well. He's had, you know, you look at his last three events. He's had a T28 at, at Corrales, missed the cut at Sanderson Farms, but then a T34 at the Shriners. And then looking at the stats for Sam, he is, let's see, he's fifth in the field in ball striking, second off the tee, 26 in par five scoring. He's 18th in opportunities gained and second behind Denny McCarthy in putting on Bermuda. I like Sam Burns as another GPP play. I will um, definitely have some ownership there. And then another guy that was kind of a I – w- I don't want to say a DFS darling, but he was – he was definitely a tour junkies darling early in the year before COVID effed everything up. At the very bottom here at 7,000, Matthew Naismith, I like him a lot this week. He's a guy that, you know, Southern guy, grew up on a lot of Bermuda greens, great as far as his approach game, good ball striker. And we've seen his game trending in a good direction lately. And, and, and people just haven't really been talking about him, but he was – 44th at Corral, or 40, 41st at Corrales. He was 17th at Sanderson Farms, then improved even more at the Shriners with the T8. So I think Matthew Naismith could be a great GPP play this week. So at 7,000, I like him. My cash play will be Emiliano Grio. I like him at 7,900. Is that right? Am I quoting that price right? Yeah. I was guessing. Yeah, 7,900. He has made nine straight cuts on the PGA Tour. That's pretty damn good, and he is Last definitely check. checking. He's he is definitely you know you look at the stats for him, they check they check out as well. So I am a big. I mean, he's literally in the top ten in the field in almost every single stat that I'm looking at, other than scrambling and putting. Never going to we'll ignore 10. that because yep. I still think he's going to be a good play for your cash lineups. And then my Don't fade have to scramble is when you hit the greens that he hits. He hits a lot of greens. Yeah. And then my fade is going to be Charlie Hoffman. Poor Charlie. Mm, poor Charlie. 7,400. Don't like him this week. Um, he's 87th in the field around the greens. He's not mm-hmm. really showing that much as far as, you know, he's 54th in par five scoring, 57th in strokes game putting on Bermuda. I just don't like Hoffman. And he's, it's kind of like as much as I want to play Spieth because he's sort of a, it's just, I got a good feeling about him. Hoffman's just all over the place for me. I mean, Annie killed me last week, so I'm I'm off on Hoffman this week. So there you go. Yeah, Denny McCarthy, yeah. Burns, Naismith, GPPs, Grio Cash, Fade Hoffman. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> DFS contests are going to be won and lost in the 7K and 6K range here this week. I literally thought that same thing when I was when I was looking at this. I agree. Yeah, they're going to be won or lost here. This is where the rubber meets the road, people. This is where, this is where you let you, you. This is where it happens. You know what I mean? This is a very important range. There are many names in here that I like. <clears throat> there are some names in here that I don't like. Um, this is where it's won or lost. And Pat, I have a number. I have a number of ways I could go here. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide. This is like when you're reading the storybook and you get to pick which route you want to go. Does little Tommy take the the fork in the road on the left with the little unicorn over here. Does little Tommy go over here and follow his, maybe his wiener, just point him in that certain direction because there's a hot maiden over here at the end of this street. You get to pick which, which end of the story you get, you want to do. So do you want, do you want, do you want kind of uh, like, like safe DB, like, like 
like uh, you know, double bagging it on a on a on prom night DB, you know, like like double wrapping it, triple and triple wrapping it DB. Or do you want to let do you want like let your nuts hang a little bit in the GPP category in the seven K range? I'll let you I'll let you decide which route we're taking. We're definitely going nuts hang route. Okay, because that's what I tend to try to do most of the time. I don't always have the stats to back up my picks, and some of them are gut feels, and that's that's just the way I like to roll. Okay. So I want you going with some gut, but letting the nuts hang a little bit. That's what I want for DB okay. this week. I'm glad you said that. You want to take you want to take a walk on the wild side. You know what I mean? You want to you want to get yeah. a little walk on the wild yeah. side. As a matter of fact, because while you're doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah increase the increase intake it. here. Yeah. Because anybody can anybody can tell you about. Emiliano Grillo. And I know you just said him, but good, good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. That was cash anybody, play. Anybody can talk to you about Denny McCarthy. Also, good job. Good job. Good job. Anybody can talk to you about those guys. But I, I got to give you some names that I think could give you significant leverage in tournaments. Now, these are names with very low floors, but high ceilings, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. If you catch what I'm saying. And uh, I'll start with uh, – a guy who is playing in the Masters next week. A guy who is playing in the Masters. And a guy who – we talk about letting him hang. This man's balls are probably down to his ankles by now because I hear that the older you get – Pat, you can probably testify to this. The older you get, the more they droop. They get real droopy. And Lee Westwood's balls are probably smacking him around like hitting his shoelace. His shoelaces get wrapped up in his nuts. He's so old. But I don't mind dang. that. I don't mind that. I like where you're going. Preach it, DB. Come if on. Lee, if Lee ain't hitting his golf ball right now, you know what I mean? And, and and if you hadn't been paying attention to the European tour, then you just haven't seen it. My man is killing it over in European. You know what I mean? On the European tour. He is crushing it. Top 30s, top 20s, top 10s, all the above. He wants to come over here in the States. He got his, he got his. He got his Corvid, you know, he's got his Corvid on, he, you know, he quarantined from the Corvid. And, uh, you know, now he's ready to – he's ready to ball out. And I think Westwood – give me ball striking Lee Westwood, and this man is going gonna, is gonna to do it. So, I love some Lee Westwood. That's the first one. Dillon Fratelli, the South oh, African. Dil, you're going with Dillon this week. I'm going to go with Dillon. 11th I never Zozo. get Dillon right. I never get yep, him right. I don't either. That's why we let him hang though a little bit. 11th at the Zozo. His best putting surface is Bermuda. Gain strokes off the tee. Um, decent scrambler. Okay. If you look over, <laughs> saying his best surface is Bermuda is kind of a stretch it, because it is, he's not a, a very good putter on any surface. But yeah, but he, you're letting him not saying. So that's saying. He's a good chipper on Bermuda. He's 10th in this field over the last 50 rounds in strokes gained around the green on Bermuda surfaces. He's also played for the University of Texas, which is the state that Houston is in. How you like them apples? Um, Dillon Fratelli is a dark horse in this field. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I think Dillon is live in the DraftKings GPPs. Uh, now, it would be really easy for me to for me to continue to work down the DraftKings board and give you, you know, names like Sepp Straka, that Austrian bad boy, that Austrian thick bad boy that played at UGA that I love and that I 
danced with at the Kisner Foundation event, along with Bryce Garnett. It would be easy to give you Sepp Schrocker at 7,000. That'd be, that'd be too easy. It'd be maybe easy to give you Harry Higgs, you know, a, a, mm. a thick American uh, bad boy. I thought you might go that round. I thought with some, you were going to – With some chest cheddar hanging out of his collar. But, I, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You, you asked for DB, nuts hang DB, and I'm going with a man who is – who he, he speaks funny – and lives in Texas, and his name is Matthew Jones, and he speaks funny because he's from Australia, mate, and he lives in Texas, which you know what that means? That means this mother was born in windy conditions. If this thing gets windy, Matt Jones is there. If it doesn't get windy, guess what? He's still there. Guess what? His best putting surface over his PGA Tour career is Bermuda. He just finished fourth at the Bermuda, by the way. Kills it. Kills it on par fives. Good par five score. Like me some Matt Jones as a pivot play down here at 72 Hunge around guys like Adam Shank, around guys like Seth Straka, who I like. Um, yeah, I think I think Matt Jones will give you a little bit of ownership leverage there. Cash, you know, I play a lot of guys here in cash. Uh, officially, I wrote down Denny McCarthy, who you mentioned. Uh, and then my fate is Phil. Poor Phil. I mean, he – Phil can't. Phil is just—he's good at strokes gain beating up old farts. If there was a strokes gain on beating up old farts, he can do that on the Champions Tour. But he ain't doing jack on the PGA Tour. He's not even. Do you know that? Do you know that gaining? If you look at the last twenty-four rounds, this is insane. Are you ready for this? Phil Mickelson, over the last twenty-four rounds on the PGA Tour. He is 124rd out of 132 in this field in strokes gained off the tee. Do you know how hard that is for him to do? Because, huh. yes, strokes gained off the tee does take into account accuracy, which we all know Phil is not accurate. But it takes into greater account distance, which he is good at. And he still bombs it. He still hits bombs. That shows you how erratic Phil Mickelson has been off the tee. It's bad. It's really bad. And you can't come close to returning enough value in DFS at $7,500 if you can't keep it on the planet. So Phil is my, is my fave. Was yeah, that big balls mind. enough for you there, Patrick? I think that was big balls enough for me. I mean, look, Phil – I think it's maybe not as big balls as the other ones were. The, the, the field fade was a little weak. It was a little weak. But, yeah, I'm still with you. And I like the plays. I can't argue with any of them. I mean, I think they're all there. I mean, right. I love some Westwood. I really like Westwood for the Masters. I can't remember. What is that? Well, we'll have to look at the odds later for that. But, What's, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. There's a few other guys in here, too, that I could mention. But There's a ton of guys in here. This is why you need to. This is why you need to read all the articles on tourjunkies.com. This is why you need to join the Nut Hut because me and Pat were actually just talking about this. The Nut Hut is one of those places where you mother will ask us about every name in the field, every name in the field. Hell, Brian Gay got brought up last week in the Nut Hut. I mean, yeah. do you think I was prepared to answer a question about Brian? Do you think? Do you think I was prepared to answer a question about Brian Gay in the Nut Hut? As last you week? hold up a wild leap vodka bottle. This is what happens in the Nut Hut. So all the names are going to be somebody's going to be like, "Hey, what about this guy?" So 
there are other names in here I like. There are other names I don't like, but yeah, there are other and, names and in here. We can't cover yeah, my own podcast. No, we can't. But we'll talk about them in the Nut Hut chat for sure. And look, every name's going to get brought up, and it's not always going to be, you know, we're not going to get get them all right. But anyway. All right. Uh, 6K, what 6K. you got? 6K. My face okay. is starting to get numb. This is going to be a good show. The- yeah, I'm going to start with a guy that we've also seen uh, in, in pretty good recent form, and that is Austin Cook at 6,900. Finished second place in his last start at the Shriners Ooh. Open. Austin Cook. He's a kind of a, a shortish He's kind like of guy. a cockbite. He's like a cockbite He's like a – yeah. Kip Hanley used to caddy for him. He got fired. Yeah. Um, but anyway, checks the box and opportunities gained. Proprietary stat, by the way, by Fantasy National. Great stat that kind of gives you a, a look Proprietary. at Giving yourself uh, some chances at birdies. 38th in ball striking, 38th also in strokes gained approach. I like Austin Cook, 6,900. I will play him. I like Tom Hoagie, another guy that's been in good recent form. You look at his last few starts, old Hoagie, I mean, that guy, he's made his last four cuts with a top – he was T47 at the Zozo, T38 CJ, no cut events. But T24 at the Shriners. Yeah. Dang. I like T twenty at the Sanderson Farms. Also, he is looking good from a stat standpoint too. He is six in the field in opportunities gained. Uh, you know, top half of the field in ball striking, par five scoring, twenty eighth in the field in approach. So I like Hoagie at sixty seven hundred. Just be quiet until I finish this round and, and or this range, and then you can talk. And then. And then at 6,400, I'm going to sprinkle in a little Robbie Shelton. Well, Robbie Shelton. F you, man. F you. F you in the A. That's what's going to happen there because I like him. You look at his approach game, his around the green, par five scoring. Look, old Robbie Shelton, and you're getting him at 6,400. He's made his last two cuts with a T34 at the Shriners, T21 at the CJ Cup. I'm a fan. Yeah, that so man, those remember, are my remember three. when I hit him 150 to one first round lead yes. at the Greenbrier in 2019. Yeah. So did I take any of your guys from you? Yeah, who'd you say again? Hoagie, Shelton, and who? Austin Cook. No, you didn't take Austin Cook. All right, um, I'm going to continue to let him hang a little bit because that's what you got to do here in the 6K range. I think you're, I think this is a very important range as well. Um, I love – I was on him last week. He finished 26th. I like – I'm going to go with your boy, big-ass visor Bo Hostler. I mean, he's hmm. doing his He's doing his thing. Yeah, he did his thing for me last week. He's doing his thing. Now, the irons aren't great, but he makes up for it off the tee, makes up for it around the greens. He still scores on par fives. He's actually 16th in this field, which is pretty – that's saying something. In the last 24 rounds, 16th in this field in strokes gained par five scoring – I like Bo Hosser. He's another Texas boy not playing in the Masters next week. Now, a man who is playing in the Masters next week who wears funny hats uh, and no one wanted to win the Masters when he won is Charles. Oh, gosh. Charles I had a feeling you Schwartzel. I kind of like Charles, which is weird. I normally don't like Charles, but I have a feeling in my, in my middle about Charles. He's 20. He's great around the green, solid 
ball striking, solid par five. Nothing, nothing flashy, nothing flashy, but solid. Okay. Form, okay. It's okay. It's okay. Bermuda, yes. Checks the box in Bermuda. Putts well on it, chips well on it. And I like it at 6,700. We haven't seen him since the Shriners. Um, I don't know. I, I got a, I got a feeling about, about, uh, about. You got a feeling in your plums. In my plums. You got in your plums about some. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know if I feel it about, about Charles, but I do feel it about other people, but not Charles. I do like Robbie Shelton. I have Robbie Shelton written down. There's, there's some, there's some high value guys down here. Now I had Charles, I have Robbie, but now I'm going to go one more lower. I'm going to go 6,300 at John, huh? John, huh? huh? is 6300 best surface in terms of putting has been bermuda over the last 50 rounds he is checking the box in strokes gained approach 15th in the field over the last 24 rounds and pretty like top 30 percent of the field in every key category that i'm looking at when you look over the last 24 rounds you know and he's he's not doing anything super flashy 19th at the Shriners is his best finish in a long time. However, you know, he's been making cuts. He's made two, four, six of his last seven cuts since the beginning of October. That's not terrible. I, I mean, that's that's not bad at all for a guy at 6,300. He is 6,300. You know, it's not likely that he makes a cut, but he is 6,300. So I'll stop there. But I do like your Hoagie pick and your Shelton pick as well. So I think I think you know key decisions to be made here in the seven K and six K range. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the money making range more so the seven K range than the six K range. But um, if you get them yes. right here, you get some good guys that are low owned. Mm. You will win a GPP this week. You will, uh, and we hope that you'll be you'll be thanking us, yes. maybe adding us on Twitter. Or something. Us. I want to be added by you. Please add us, but in a Please positive way. Me. Yeah, in a positive. Please positively at me, America. Um, <laughs> the wild leap hits DB late. The I feel like with you, like the <laughs> like the wild leap, it starts out like good with you, but it's like a it's it's literally the name, the title of the the vodka is very apropos. Is Apro maybe a word. Apropro, apropro, is a word. I don't know, but it's like you take a wild leap, but yeah. it's it takes a while to get to that leap. You know, mm. like you're at first it just hits. It's like all you're all calm and collective, and then calm and collective, and then you're just you're wild and you're leaping. <laughs> so that's like that's what happens with the wild leap leap vodka. Dude. I'm trying to Google apropos and I can't even type it enough. I can't even type it good enough to get Google to recognize. It. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's an S in there. Mother F. There's an S in apropos, which is the definition is being both relevant and opportune. Relevant and opportune. So I, anyway, I was using that correctly. You were. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I knew you were. I just wanted to see how it was spelled. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the sports book side of things. Yeah. Let's look at some early odds. Good stuff here. Early um, odds. Let me just tell you, if you're listening to us on Monday night or 
early on Tuesday. I would highly recommend if any of these jump out to you and you want to get on that, you need to get on that because we have noticed in the last few weeks, these numbers that we throw out get shorter and shorter as the weeks go on, as the week goes on. And so by the time you get to tournament lock, you know, guys that were 100 to one are now 70 to one. Guys that were 50 to one are 35 to one. And listen, if you hear nothing else I say tonight, other than I feel John Huh in my plums. Hear this. Life is too short. Dramatic pause. To bet favorites in golf. Okay? Life is too short for that. It's just, it just is. So bet these boys. Bet these boys, these young men, some of them young, before they get too short. And I don't mean in stature. I mean by their odds. I agree. It was a very dramatic way of saying it, but I agree yeah. with what you just said. And oh. I will say a lot of the uh, – from the books that we look at, I'm seeing right now DraftKings Sportsbook a little bit better odds than our yeah, friends at points, points bet. bet. Yeah, I'm seeing it too. Right um, now. But that's just right now. It could change. Um, and for me, I'll Which start. Which sucks because we don't have a promo code for DraftKings. We have promo yeah, codes for points bet. What the, are they doing? Yeah, I'm trying to find yeah. the value here. But anyway, if you're looking at uh, – now, you hate to take the shorter odds and the favorites. Hey, Pat. From here on out, I just need you to direct the show. So you you are in charge from here on out. You are the captain now. Okay. You I'm going to captain this ship. And I'm going to start off and say that, you know what? If I'm going to take a guy at shorter odds, it is going to be Brooks Kepka at 22 to 1. I like it. This is my show now, DB. You can do whatever you want. You can laugh, but that's like you can just you can chime in when you're – You die in I'm, the end. You die in the end of the – you are the captain that dies in the end of the movie. Okay, that's fine. But right now, I'm just letting that's, you know. You're playing the I'm role of the dead ship. captain at the end. And I'm not going to take all guys that we talked about either um, on the show as far as DFS picks. The next guy that we – none of us mentioned. None of us mentioned on the show that I think is a none good of bet of us two. I feel like when you say us, it's like <laughs> – who You're looking around this? for like who was the other tour junkie <laughs> I didn't know ben about. Here? Um, is <sighs> Siwoo Kim at fifty five? Hell yeah! Siwoo is a great bet this week at fifty five. He's always a great bet. Well, it's I on mean, Bermuda. You can't bet Siwoo on Bermuda. That's a terrible bet. I don't care. I love him this week. Cam Davis, we mentioned seventy five yeah. to one in the DraftKings sportsbook is an incredible bet. Denny McCarthy. Okay, hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> I run, okay. I'm running the show. Hold, no, I got, I got to interrupt. Siwoo Kim, when you look at his betting splits, I mean his bet, his putting splits. <laughs> okay, when you look at his putting splits on Fantasy National between the three different surfaces, Bent, Bermuda, and Poa, you know that meme that's going around. That's gone around. It's actually already. It's already kind of run its course. But of the large black fellow that actually I heard is deceased, but he um, he took a he has a picture. He has no shirt on, 
and the real picture has his enormous wiener hanging okay that's that has been going around since like covid started for yes yes that one yes that's the one siwoo's splits in putting look like that on fantasy national because bermuda is in the middle and there's the line that's like tour average and then the bermuda line for siwoo was like like six feet long and then yeah but he won the damn players championship on bermuda and then the bent, the bent and the POA flank this in the middle. They flank it like nuts. And the bent is like kind of down a little bit, and the POA is like a little sucked up. So like one's bigger than the other, like bent's a little worse than the POA. But Bermuda is like <sighs> way down there, like that guy's wiener. Either way, Siwoo is a guy he that – sucks on Bermuda. But, yeah, you look, won the players, can, man. How about that? He can that? kill your DFS lineups. But he can also pop, and I think if you're and win you all the money because he can win a tournament. Like it's like all or nothing with this. I guy. love Siwoo. You you can't talk me out of betting Siwoo. If so he's over fifty to one, you can guarantee you I will have at least an Abraham Lincoln on Siwoo. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, and then go I'm going to go Lincoln. a little bit longer here with a guy I did mention on the pod, Sam Burns at a hundred to one. I like. I like Harry Higgs at a hundred and fifty to one. Why not? Harry Higgs is a guy that's been playing pretty well lately. I think he's a good bet. Austin Cook, another one, 160 to Harry one. Higgs, Texas boy. Texas yep. boy. Texas SMU. boy, TCU, or SMU. SMU. One of them. SMU. So best, there you go. Best golfer to ever come out of SMU, Harry Higgs. Mm-hmm. You're putting that over uh... – wait, no – Bryson played for TCU. See, I get I get the TC, I get nope. the TCUs and the SMUs of the world mixed Bryson up, and they're right, and literally Harry, like right next to each other. I think Bryson and Harry Higgs both played for SMU. Okay, SMU. I don't know. I don't know a golfer that played for TCU. There's there's some pros that have played for John TCU. Peterson. No, no he, he played, played for, for LSU. LSU. His wife. There's a lot of U's, but that's anyway. Go all right. I'm running the ship here. DB, I'd like your plays, please, if you don't mind. Uh, any outrights, matchups, or top 20s that you would like to mention? I don't see any matchups. Are matchups out yet? They are, but uh, – I might, I might take a gander at those. All right, outrights. Uh, I got to start with a guy I didn't mention because I think there's too many players in the 8K. Uh, Doc Redman at 60-1. to 1. Now, Doc has had two really crappy Sundays at golf tournaments that he could have won. He had a crappy Sunday this past week at the Bermuda, and he had a crappy Sunday the week that I had him at 150-1 to 1 at, like, the Wyndham. Was it Was it that uh, freaking yeah. uh, Jim Herman snatched it from him? That was crazy. He's had two tough Sundays, but I think he's learning from the Sundays. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he gets it together, but he's at 60-1, to 1, and I like that number. Cam Davis at 75 to 1. I have to take Cam Davis, the Australian languid swinging bomber that eats par fives for breakfast on a course with five par fives. If he makes the cut, which he will, because if he doesn't, I'm making a Molotov cocktail out of this here glass and I'm going to throw it in somebody's window. He will play 20. That is five times four. 20 par fives this week love that for cam davis he's at 75 to 1 i did mention this fella 
on the podcast. He's an Aussie, another Aussie, lives in Texas. Matthew Jones, whose wife may or may not be worth you looking up. Uh, hits it well, finished fourth last week. Good par five score, good ball striker, good in the wind, good if it ain't windy. That's some hard-hitting analysis. I think one of the best values on DraftKings. By the way, Matt Jones, the one player that currently, as of late Monday night, has better odds on points bet than he does on DraftKings. He's 101 on, on uh, points bet, which we have promo codes for. Either TJ250, TJ Bet, or TJ Points gets you some bonus stuff on points bet if you're in a legal state. Can't believe I remember that. Uh, I think one of the best values on DK right now is Sepp Straka, who's been playing well, hits the ball a long way, eats up par fives. He's 110 to one. Really likes Sepp Straka. Um, uh, my boy in the large visor who played college collegiate golf, if you will, in Texas, Bo Hostler at 160 to one. Can putt the eyes out of it. Gain strokes off the tee, gain strokes around the green, does well on Bermuda, just has to hit the irons okay. If he just does that, he could win this golf tournament 160 to 1. It's a long shot. It's long shot season. Although this is a strong field, there is potential for a breakout such as that. Um, I got a couple top 10s and top 20s. You want to hear them? Yes, I would like to okay. hear them. Top 20s. I like Sepp. I just talked about him. Four and a half to one. Now, that's kind of short for me, okay? But it's a top 20. It's a top 20. Been playing, been playing a good bit. Not playing the Masters next week, which I actually like. I think he's focused on the Houston. He's focused on this golf tournament. He needs the points. Four and a half to one is a top 20. And you mentioned this fella in the DFS portion of the show, Robbie Shelton at eight to one as a top 20. I also like really good iron player, good ball striker in good form right now. Alabama product, really solid golfer has played well this season. Robbie Shelton is at eight to one. Those are my top twenties. And I have two top 10 bets. One of them is my boy, Bo Hostler. I just talked about in the large visor at 12 to one top 10, but another one is a guy that I have been smitten with in the past. <laughs> and last week, a couple people in the Nut Hut asked me about this fella. A couple people asked me about him. You drew a comparison to this man that has now given him a nickname within the Nut Hut called Taco Supreme. <laughs> his nickname is now Taco Supreme. His name is Will Gordon. That is his birth name, his given name, the name on his birth certificate. It is not Taco Supreme. But you, however, have compared him to a Taco Supreme. Now, what Will Gordon is good at is probably hooking up with chicks on the road on the PJ Tour and scoring on par fives and hitting it a effing mile, okay? Remember, five par fives on this golf course. He is at 16 to 1 as a top 10. This is a big boy field. Big boy field, a lot of big names. Not likely that Will Gordon finishes top 10, but if you were going to put a little bit of a unit on a top 10 bet, I think Will Gordon is the one. And I think, Pat, you should wrap up the betting portion by telling us why you gave Will Gordon the nickname Taco Supreme. 
All right, so yeah, Taco Supreme. This is one of my better. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at analogies. Uh, oh, you're amazing at analogies. I was just thinking the other day a, how good you are at analogies. It's kind of a secret gift of mine. And Will Gordon is like a Taco Supreme. And, and let's Very be secret. specific here: a Taco Supreme from Taco Bell. So Taco Bell is a kind of kind of place where you go to where like, you know. It's like an every 60 to 90 days thing for me. So, like, I want to, like, every so often I get to Taco Bell and I, I'm like, I want some Taco Bell. Every 60 to 90 days, yes. I'm taking a big risk in, you know, how that Taco Bell is going to affect my my system, okay? My yeah. whole bowel system. You're my, 43. My gastroenterology system. <laughs> and so if you know, for the most part, oh, shit. when I have some a Taco Supreme, it's not going to affect me in a positive way, okay? But I still like how it goes down, and it tastes so good. I mean, it tastes really yeah. good going yeah, yeah. down. But then we don't know what's going to happen afterwards. So Will Gordon, to me, is a guy that, like, he's like a Taco Supreme. Like, he looks good. He feels good. Like, everything feels right about him. But then he could completely destroy your system, the whole system. Yeah. And you, and you get just, just screwed. I, and now sometimes it may screw. Yeah. It, it may work out, but it, for me more often than not, it doesn't. Yeah. But when I say about the 60 to 90 day thing, that may not have to do with Will Gordon, but it's like, I, I, I forget about how bad the taco Supreme Supreme affected me. And then I go back to it again within yeah. 60 to 90 days and it does the same thing again, which is kind of like Will Gordon. Like you just like you forgot, like you oh, were remembering. Bless God, bless God, bless God yeah. baby. You were remembering how he he, he made you feel yeah. good for a few rounds, you know, early on in the season, but then yeah. you forgot what happened afterwards. So you made a mistake, and you went back and you got some more of them. And that's the problem with Will Gordon, and that's the why. That's the why. That's the why he's the Taco Supreme, right there. I mean, I, that's, damn. that's damn. And it it's it's stuck. The Nut Hut, like nobody in the Nut Hut says Will Gordon anymore. They just say Taco Supreme. Yeah, man, man. All right, well, R.I.P. Will. I'm all right, man. I'm, I think, uh, but I'm heading the show here, so you need. I'm gonna close this show up. Okay. Um. DB, you got any other thoughts, last-minute no. thoughts here before we close it out? No, I am bordering on drunk. Okay, well, I'm done myself. We're going to be recording the DraftKings After Dark show after we finish here and we get everything downloaded, and I'm going to be editing everything. And after I get done editing <laughs> all of this stuff, then we will be doing the DK show. So make sure you're paying attention to that DraftKings After Dark show because I have a feeling it's going to be lit tonight. On YouTube. On YouTube. On YouTube. DB, if you don't have any final thoughts, I will let you close us out. <sighs> Thanks for uh, listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. And um, next week, or pretty soon, we're going to have some master stuff. It's going to be really good. Way better than any of that other mess you listen to. If you're thinking in your head about what it is that you listen to, it's mess. It's what it is. But next week's going to be the shit. Our stuff is good. Their stuff is mess. And you know who I'm talking about when I say their. All right.
Mary screens be green. See ya.